Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I've certainly been encouraged and strengthened already myself. But today is a special day for us because this is what we refer to as our Commitment Sunday. We ask everyone, have been asking everyone for several weeks now to be prayerfully considering what you can do individually or as a family uh, for our efforts in global missions and our building fund. And um, we just pray that the Spirit of God can utilize what we can offer and what we can give. And I've often said it's not what you give, it's that you give. And God can only bless what we render to him, and he can only bless the spirit in which we do it. And so it's not a contest, but we're just asking the Lord uh, to help us and strengthen us. This is a Sunday that I uh, try to sort of, I suppose, give a state of the church address. I'm just going to talk about the good things, and we're going to put all the bad things, leave that in the hand of the Lord. Amen. Because we're like everybody else, we're just human. And if you stare real close, you'll see the freckles and the moles and amen. And, uh, but we uh, appreciate the Lord and I really feel like we have more going for us than we have against us. And so it's on that that we stand. And so I'm going to ask you to join with me in prayer and let's let the Spirit of God touch our heart today in Jesus' name. I, I hope you've been praying about this day before today. I hope you've been asking the Lord to just help us to be sensitive to his will for 2014. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I love you today, and I thank you for the privilege that you have given us to come into this house, and we have been strengthened already by the word that we've heard today. And I pray, God, that you'll anoint the efforts now of this congregation as we move forward into 2014. We're asking you today to help us not only to have a plan, but Lord, that we would, we would follow that and that we would commit ourselves to your kingdom and to its cause. And I pray that your blessings will rain down upon us now and strengthen us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And you may be seated. It just is on the very border of seeming surreal to Sister Boyd and I, but just a, in just a few days... We're going to celebrate our 25th year here as the pastor of this church, and we feel very, very humbled that God has allowed us uh, to stay here, to be here, and uh, my vocabulary is horribly inadequate to express my true feelings, but if I had to say, if I had to say just one thing that I could thank this congregation for, and I was limited to just one thing that I could say for 25 years, I would say thank you for loving my family. Thank you for loving my family. And uh, your respect and uh, your adoration has uh, been something that it's hard to express and hard to explain how we feel 
we do not feel that this is our job, but we feel this is our calling. And uh, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. We pulled our, we were evangelizing full-time, as many or not most of you know, when we pulled our travel trailer onto this property on the late evening of January the 16th, on a Monday evening, 1989. Preached our very first service here on the 18th, that following Wednesday, just two days later. We came with a lot of dreams and ideas and we have uh, been casting visions and you've been catching them along the way and some of them have been good ideas, some of them have been great ideas and some of them have been ones we're trying to forget about. But when we turned right, when we should have turned left or turned left when we should have turned right, we didn't lock the doors and burn the barn. We just backed up and punted and refocused and moved forward again. Without a doubt, you yourself had dreams and ideas as well, and with God's help, we've been able to accomplish several things over the last several years, many years. However, there remains much to be done, and there's little doubt that the task at hand in all truthfulness is just absolutely overwhelming at times, especially if we were to consider that we would try to just go forth in our own strength or our own ability. However, when we can clearly see that God has placed his hands upon our efforts and God has blessed the, uh, the, uh, the church body as a whole, I'm not talking about just me, but when God has touched our church body as a whole and when we can see the validation of God's hand upon the many ministries of this church, then with that confidence, I stand and say that God will lead us triumphantly through 2014. Twelve days ago, we stepped over the threshold of a brand new year, and it is for us a blank page, waiting for brand new visions and new dreams to fill in the blanks. Our plan for 2014 is to follow the path that has been so clearly set before us, and I pray that you indeed will join all of us together in a unified effort to follow that plan. Through the venue of Sunday School and Children's Ministry, we are planning to continue to minister the gospel to our children. We want them to grow up knowing the value of this wonderful truth. You know, I, I was talking to someone recently about this, and if you're here today, I'm, I'm, I apologize that I forgot who that, that is, but or that was, but we were talking about the things that you get in your youth. There's just something about some of the things that you that you get in the in in the young years of your life that get so deeply planted in your heart. Uh, I'm I'm not suggesting that uh, that you can't get anything later, but something about those 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 years of your life. Uh, this week, my wife and I have been uh, listening to a little radio station online, Pandora. Many of you are familiar with that, but we were listening to a, a station that had just a lot of old, old, old gospel hymns. And I, I mean hymns I haven't heard since I was sure enough a child. And uh, th those, those songs would start playing and it was before David and the Giants, brother. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm sure he has a LP records of everything I'm going to refer to here. To this morning, but uh, but those songs they they would begin to start, and 
And I, w- I would think, I haven't heard that since I was literally a child. And, and all of a sudden across the room, I would hear my wife start singing the verses. And those verses just came and I, I would knew the words to some of them. She knew the words to others of them. And we just kept kind of giggling between ourselves and said, this is taking us down memory lane. And so my point in saying that is that we want to get the gospel into the, not the hands, but into the heart and in the heads of children. Amen, and so we're going to continue to move forward. We're going to continue to do that, and I will say one more time, and not the last time, but I'll say one more time that for us, children's ministry and Sunday school is not glorified daycare. They're not out there keeping them out of our hair while we have church. They're out there having church. They're breaking off and planting the seed of God's word into their heart, and I appreciate that. Through the venue of men's ministry, we desire to see men reach their full potential spiritually. That's our desire. It's not, a just, it's not just about getting together to cook out. It's not just about getting together to have a skeet shoot. It's not just about getting together to have a fishing trip or whatever. But we want to see men reach their full spiritual potential because men, as Brother Rayleigh talked about this morning, we have shoved an awful lot off on the plate of the ladies and think that all we got to do is just show up. And we are fooling ourselves. Amen. Do you know that I'm going to just dabble with what Brother Rayleigh was talking about this morning, that if you don't treat your wife right, do you know that your prayers are hindered? So you can't talk to your old lady and then kneel down and talk to a righteous God because he's not going to hear you. Your, your prayers will be hindered. Amen. Well, some of the men don't like that, but that's all right. I'm not after a plate of brownies. I'm fasting those right now. <clears throat> But I'll see you on the 26th. (laughs) We have a lot of responsibility. Men are to be worship leaders. The priest of our home. We're to come before God lifting up holy hands. You can't do that if you've been drinking and crowsing around. You can't lift up holy hands. You can't come without wrath and doubting. If you've got a bad temper and you're just short-fused and you just tell everybody what you think. we got a lot of responsibility that's laid upon us. And so we want our men to reach their full potential. We want them to be godly men and holy men and righteous men. And not just while they're in church, but they want we want to find our men the same way on Thursday afternoon. We want to find that on Tuesday morning morning. Amen. That's what we want to see. And they're going to do that by attending various functions, not only that we sponsor throughout the year as a church, but they're going to be challenged spiritually by the two men's conferences that we are privileged to partake in annually. Through your faithful support, ladies' ministries will stay on track as well. Each year they have the opportunity to be changed and challenged by a number of local things that we have going on here at the church, whether it's someone here literally speaking to them in a ladies' ministry setting or whether it's a ladies' breakfast or ladies' prayer, whatever it may be. Also, our ladies have the opportunity to attend our annual district ladies' conference where some 2,000 women will gather from all over the state of Florida, and there's something powerful about that. I've attended almost every ladies' conference that there is, and don't think me weird but my wife's on the committee and generally I'm there working but there's something electrifying about those ladies they didn't come to shop they didn't come to get what's on sale they came to dive in to the power of what's being shared with them and so I appreciate
appreciate that. District Ladies Conference has proven its worth in gold. By your faithfulness in giving, we can continue to support Mother's Memorial. And there's a few things that we always mention about Mother's Memorial, but there are many things that Mother's Memorial supports. We hear often about our missionaries that receive appliances and many times in our mission services and presentations you'll see our missionaries that pause and say all of those appliances we want to thank all the ladies for giving because your giving to the ladies ministry through Mother's Memorial provides that but it's a myriad uh, other things that the ladies ministries uh, that supply they, they take care and make sure that the missionaries children have proper education in some, time, in some cases because of security risk. They can't attend public schools so they have to have private schools and so ladies ministries takes care of that and so well what difference does it make? Well it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference and when you say I don't think what I can do would make any difference at all. It may not be what you can do that make, can make a difference but it's what we can do collectively that can make a tremendous difference. I mean your faithfulness makes it possible for the youth of our church to participate in one of five youth camps that are sponsored every year throughout uh, the summer. We have two Sunday school camps for ages 9 and 10 and then another week for ages 11 and 12. And then our older youth group then has the privilege of three youth camps ages 13 to 19. And again, these are not glorified daycares by any stretch of the imagination. But if you want to get your fire lit, amen, you can, you can take some wet wood down to Ocala, the youth camp, and it'll be changed when you get home Amen. Those young people are there, and they mean business. They are there, and they're hanging around. Uh, they're they're hanging around. They're not hanging around the the uh, what you call the snack shack. They're not hanging around the snack shack. They're hanging around the altars. Every year we have workers from our church, adults that go down and they give time, their own time, their vacations to go down and work weeks at camp. And I, it's not unusual at all every year for me to get a text at, at 10 o'clock or at 11 o'clock at night and say the children, the young people, they're still in the altar praying. Church dismissed at 9, but 11, they're still in the altars praying. Amen. So we're talking about putting the hand of God upon these lives. Hallelujah. As you've often heard as you've often heard through our giving through youth to she's for Christ uh, the youth supply all of our United Pentecostal Church missionaries foreign missionaries with vehicles and uh, <coughs> to travel throughout uh, the, the regions of the country that they're ministering in. And I, I thought it was kind of neat that uh, whenever I had the opportunity to go to Guatemala, I got to ride around Brother uh, brother brother Brad Thompson. He told me, he said, come on, get in and ride in this She's for Christ vehicle. And so it, it made it it made it made real. It made you realize that, that we're not just talking about doing these things. We're not dreaming about. We're not hopefully one day in the sweet by and by over the rainbow. But it's a reality. And so that is all done through our support and then last year in 2013 we saw nearly 20,000 people come together at our North American Youth Congress the largest crowd ever in Louisville, Kentucky and so the money that you are giving our young people the money that you're donating whenever they sell hot dogs or hamburgers or whatever it's not going to waste it is not, it is not just being vaporized at the close of each year we have the opportunity to help evangelize and disciple our own country by giving to Christmas for Christ. On January the 29th, just a few Sundays ago, 
just three Sundays ago, we received an offering of $3,320 by your faithful support. Well, what difference can we make? Well, we just laid a few cards out here on the altar. Well, well what difference can that make? How, how can we make a difference? How can we impact our world? When you do what you can do collectively and together, we can make a difference. And so I want to say this morning on behalf of all of our North American home missionaries, I say thank you. It brought, that brought our missions giving. That offering brought our missions giving for 2013 to just over $35,000. You did that. Let's clap our hands. Amen. We're not just trying to reach Guatemala, but we're trying to reach America. We're trying to reach Florida. Amen, and so I'm excited about it. That's exciting. That, that's something to get excited about. In addition to that, we raised this in 2013 nearly 50000 more dollars for our building fund, which brings our total to near $540,000. Aren't you excited about what God is doing at Hatchman Apostolic Church? Well, what difference does it make? Well, what difference does it make? I'm not sure what my $5, I'm not sure what my $20, I'm not sure what my 100 or my 500 can do. I'll tell you, when you start sweeping it all up in a pile, it can make a big difference and we can impact the world. I'm telling you that it can be done and we can do it with the help of the Lord. We can do it. Yes, we can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On top of all of that, let me insert this. All of this happened. All of this happened about the time we got all excited about building, everything went to pot. Do you remember? Didn't take God by surprise. He saw it coming. Shocked the daylights out of me. But God saw it coming. And so what all we've been talking about happened in the middle of a down economy. Amen. When, 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 it, when people have been beaten to death here and there, when our gas, and we're paying more for gas than we ever dreamed we would pay. We, we'd read about this years ago. Read about this in other parts of the world and we're thinking, how in the world are these people making? How could you pay $2.50 for a gallon of gas and still live? How could you pay three fifty for a gallon of gas and still live? Well, just go park beside seventy-five. And they're getting by somehow. Let me let me. I rephrase that. I apologize. We're getting by somehow because I'm out there riding with them. Amen, we have just presented the vision and together we have faithfully been able to generate these funds. Many, if not all of these efforts would fall in the street if it were just up to us individually. I couldn't do that for missions by myself. I couldn't do that for a building fund by myself, but when we all work together and we pull our efforts, many, if not all of these would just fall miserably short. Alone, we would never have the manpower. Alone, we would never have the finance or the ability to offer all the ministries that we have in this church but by working as a team we're able to accomplish many things amen I'm going to tell you this I am so humbled. There are times that I, you can, you, my wife will be a witness. There are times that we drive back up to this church parking lot on Sunday afternoon and I have literally broke down. She's broke down in our car and we begin to weep when we see the cars that are in this parking lot. Why are the cars here? The cars are here because they're in the van and they're gone here and they're gone there. When they could be home watching football, they could be home eating popcorn. Who's kidding who? But they have decided that we're going to be a difference maker 
maker in the world that we're living in. Amen. We've been working diligently to increase our effectiveness of ministries within the local church, our in-reach ministry that meets the needs of, the, of our Hatchman Apostolic Church membership through our care teams that help us monitor the well-being of our church family. There's somebody sitting here right now, and it won't make you feel all spooky, but there's somebody sitting here right now watching you. Because we got people on care teams. Some of you pulled your pocketbook a little bit closer to you. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. But somebody's making sure that you're in the house of God, that you're in church. And if you're not in church, we want to find out why you're in church. Not because we want to rule your life. We want to make sure everything's all right. We want to make sure not your whole world's not turned upside down. And so then we know how to pray and we know how to reach. We know if somebody's in the hospital to send someone there to see them. Our new bridge ministry that goes into the homes of our church members that are either temporarily or permanently shut in and they miss the opportunity to have the ability to be in a corporate worship service and so we have people that go in and they visit and they talk about the good things of the Lord and they share with them they pour their, their heart into their lives making a difference through our outreach we minister to the hurting where we reach outside of these walls our upreach department is where we minister to the leadership of Hatchbend Apostolic Church because you can't just keep giving and giving and giving and not allow our leadership to receive somehow and so through meeting uh, consistently and through bringing guest speakers in to specifically touch them and minister to their needs, we want them to be encouraged. We want them to have the best tools. You don't want to ask somebody to build a set of cabinets and then hand them an ax and say good luck. We want to give them the best tools that we possibly can. We want to give them the sharpest tools that we possibly can because a man is no better. A man or a woman is no better than the, than the tool they have to work with. Our student ministries are working to increase their overall effectiveness by having our youth participate in every section and every district function that's possible. They attend themselves training seminars. They expose themselves to leaders and ministries that are greater than themselves. That's the only only way you're ever going to grow. If you let everybody around you intimidate you, you're never going to grow. You better ride the coattail of somebody that's smarter, more prayerful, more spiritual. Amen. Somebody that, that's a better leader than you are. You're never going to be able to reach any higher. And so we want them to catch on to the coattail of somebody and ride just a little bit higher. They have a great challenge on their hands because the world is seeking to destroy the lives of our young people and we can keep our head in the sand. We can bury our head in the sand and pretend that it isn't so, but I'm gonna tell you that the world, Satan himself, desires to have the youth of this world, not just of America, but of this world, not just of Hatsman Apostolic Church, not of just this community and the surrounding counties, but the devil wants our children. He wants, the, you know, why? You know why there's such a breakdown of the home? Because that was the way to destroy the minds and the confidence and the platform and the foundation of children. Of children. Of children. And so that's why, that's why we gotta cleave to our wives, Brother Rayleigh. It's important. That's why we gotta love. That's why we gotta hold on. That's why we gotta fight. Why? Because there's a generation that's coming behind us and we gotta work with all that we have. We must work while it is day because night is coming when no man can work. 
I mentioned it already, but our Sunday school and children's ministry have great have made great strides this year to improve their serve as they endeavor to change, change the lives of young children. Now listen, this challenge is greater today than ever before because they are working largely with a generation of children of which many do not have spiritual support at home. Now it's one thing when you're teaching, when you're teaching somebody, their children, and they're going to go home and and those children are going to hear that very same conversation around the dinner table. They're going to hear mom and dad in the car talking about the good things of the Lord. And when a crisis comes, they're going to see mom and dad join together and pray. We're going to come into this house and we're going to pray and we're going to believe and trust God. But when you're working with children who come into this church on the van and they go home and they go home to prostitution and they go home to drugs and they go home to drinking and they go home to fighting and they go home home to cussing. That's a whole nother ball game, friend. We've just got an hour. We've just got an hour and a half, a couple of days a week, just a little bit of time to touch, to impact, to influence their lives. And so I would say to every man, woman, boy, and girl in this house, if you can hear me and understand what I'm saying, you ought to pray for the leaders that are working with our children and our youth. They need it today like they've never needed it before. Hallelujah. Since January of 2006, we as a church have reset our goals and we focus our overall mission on the Great Commission. And that the mission of the Great Commission is found in Acts 15 and 14. And that is to take out of the Gentiles a people for his name. Seven years ago, we began a more focused effort to cause for the cause of missions, not only here, but abroad. And since then, we have had the privilege of helping to build five churches on foreign soil. These people either had no building or they had a very inadequate building for their church. From Guatemala, from Guatemala, Guyana, Malaysia, and the Dominican Republic, we have been putting our hand to the plow, not talking about it, not thinking about it, not praying about it, not saying call me next year and see how we feel, not saying get back with me later, but men from this church have packed up their own tools and they've taken time off of their own jobs and away from their own families and they've got on planes and they went halfway around the world sometimes to make a difference for people that they don't even know. Amen. Hallelujah. Of course, this is not a single-handed effort of Hatchman Apostolic Church. We're just part of a network of other churches within the United Pentecostal Church International. In addition to the literal work of building churches overseas and at home, we support, this church supports some 30 missionary families on a monthly basis. And so we don't just have them come by here and sing a little song to us in their language and show us a little slideshow and say, good luck. We hope everything works out. Of course, we can't support every missionary that comes through, but we do support around around 30 families that are depending on us every month and you know what we've never even had to almost be late we've never even had to kind of wonder and scratch our heads and just wonder if it's all going to come together you know why because you decided you decided I decided we decided together that not just you are going to give but we're all going to give amen we're all going to do this together hallelujah those families do not even 
account for the many families, missionary families that we have that come by our church because we have a guest quarters and, and so we put our church on a list and so some of the missionaries traveling through Florida, maybe between services or maybe sometimes they just need a rest and for whatever reason they think it's peaceful and quiet around here and so they'll come by and be with us and I feel that we're blessed. I feel like we're blessed like, like the Shunammite woman and her husband. We're blessed because we built a room on our house so we said come on in and you just make yourself at home and it's all yours. It's all yours. You take it as long as you want it and God has just put his hand of favor upon all of that. These, my friend, are exciting times. A few years ago, I've shared this many times, but a few years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart. If God has ever impressed, if God has ever impressed anything in my spirit, God spoke to me in prayer, and he said that if we would help build church buildings for others, that when the time comes for us to build, he would make sure that we have what we need. And I'm holding on to that promise for our future, and I'm thankful to announce this morning that we have a great future. Amen. I said a moment ago, we have reset our goals as a church, and we focused on the mission of the Great Commission taken out of the Gentiles a people for his name. In 2006, we expanded our outreach ministry. Every Sunday afternoon, we have services in local nursing homes and assisted living facilities. On, January, on August the 16th, 2009, we started our jail and prison ministry. We now have services and Bible studies every, every Sunday afternoon, both in Lafette County and Swanee County jails and the prisons that are in Lafette and Swanee County have someone from our church multiple times per week that are teaching men and women about a God that can make a difference. At Mayo Correctional Institution, we have somewhere between 150 men. We have had as high as 171, somewhere around an average of 150 men that attend church services on the first, third, and the fifth Sunday afternoons. And for the men who are there on these teams, you can attest to it. There's nothing like the feeling that you get get when you walk in there and you see those men that are so hungry to hear something from the word of God at Swanee Correctional we've had a brand new venue opportunity open to us in September at Swanee Correctional we now have services on the second and fourth Sunday afternoon and we have about so far about 40 to 45 men that attend these church services it's a brand new endeavor for us but the attendance is growing every week so that means every week this is what that means every week that we're touching the lives of as many people after church as we are during church and oftentimes more. Oftentimes more. And since this has begun, we have baptized close to 50 men in the precious name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sin. And Sister Baggett, I forgot to get with you, but she has baptized several ladies in the Swanee County Jail. And I apologize for that, but we're thankful and we're celebrating that. Amen. Just a few weeks ago, Brother Jerry baptized 11 men one afternoon. What an exciting thing. What an exciting thing. Men that were so ready. He had just been teaching. Now listen, I've been with him a couple times when he'd been teaching on baptism. He wasn't skirting the issue. He wasn't watering it down. He wasn't candy coating 
promoting anything. He wasn't being unkind, but he was preaching the truth in love, but he was preaching the truth. And, and when those men would raise their questions and have an answer, he had a ready answer for them. And he had his Bible in his hand. And the outline, the outline wasn't just a, an outline of read this, read that, read the other, but he read every scripture, every made every point. And when he was done, there was men that said, I want to be buried in that precious name that you're talking about. I want to go down in that name. And we had the privilege to do that and there are more to baptize. In addition to the regular church services there, which are wonderful and they're exciting, but that's not where it ends. And I'm closing, sort of. <clears throat> but we are teaching mentoring classes that are centered on biblical principles that we have been allowed to write the curriculum for. And this takes place on a weekly basis in two different institutions. Brother Jerry has, between the two places that he goes, he and Brother Everett, they have about 100 men collectively that attend these classes. Think about that now. And just a few months ago at Swanee, we had the opportunity to begin the same thing. And so Brother Gibson has been helping me in this endeavor. And on Thursdays, we have been going there on Thursday mornings. And we have this last Sunday, we had 47 men that were signed up to be in those classes. Amen. So we have 47 men that were signed up. Not all of them were able to get through the gate to come. But we have close to 50 men that are now uh, going to be a part of these classes. So we have about 150 men that were sitting down teaching the word of God. Not just the word of God, but we're teaching them. These are men whose lives have run aground. They've made wrong decisions, bad decisions, poor decisions. Just like many of us. Amen. But many of us, they didn't have a catch net to help them and so we're trying to reach out we have 14 men from this church that are approved to, to, to participate in these ministries I'm talking about apostolic Holy Ghost filled men mentoring men <laughs> Brother Everett stand up I, I'm going to tell you it just does my heart good I didn't plan this but I'm going to tell you something these men need to see men real men that know how to love their wives, know how to love their children, know how to get up and go to work every day. Amen. I, I, I'm not, don't, I won't hurt your feelings and just stay with me. All right. Okay. But I, I, I like sitting at the table with him and I like seeing some of that grease under his fingernails. You know why? Because they know he's not just some sissy, sissy boy, he's not wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> I should have left that part out. Maybe they were clapping and didn't hear that. <laughs> Amen. I like it when it's all right. I like it when Brother Jerry gets up there and I mean he's got a farmer's tan. You can tell he's been out in the field all day long. I mean he he didn't just he didn't just float in from uh, from paradise, but he came in. He's he trying to catch his breath. He's trying to let his shirt tail catch up with him some afternoons. He's standing there and, and he's teaching men about how to be men. Are you hearing me? I'm just using these men because they're sitting here with all of the men that go. Amen. We appreciate them. Some of these men participate by literally teaching these classes but you know what's just as incredible we have other men that just say I'm going with you I'm going with you and they're just standing there hey amen they're not there as bodyguards they're not there as protectors but they're, 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 they're standing there as a reflection they're saying when brother Jerry gets through when brother Everett gets through when these men get through teaching these classes they're saying here's a man this is what you can be this is what you can do 
Hallelujah. Are you hearing me today? We're not thinking about making a difference. We're not just praying about doing this. We're diving off into it and we're saying, God, we need you to help us. We need you to help us. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so whether you're teaching or, or whatever you're doing, you know who you are. I appreciate all of these men, whatever you're doing. We have a great group of men. They're faithful. They're faithful to their wives. They're faithful to their children. They're faithful to their home. And you know what? They're faithful to their church. Amen. They, they're, they're setting examples of how to be better men. Now, Brother Jerry mentioned this the other day, but let me just tag on to that. He mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to join him, and I want to say thank you to the wives of these men because they already work 100 hours a week. They already, I exaggerated a little bit there, but they already work many hours a week. And so they hardly ever get to see their husband and then this one little afternoon they had just a little time to run to Walmart, run to Publix or do something. And they jump on the van and they're gone. They've left them with all the kids and left them with all this and all that. And so I want to say thank you to your to our wives, our wives that support us and help us. We couldn't do it without you. Now I realize much of this most of you already knew. But what we need to understand this morning is this. The more we search for hurting people, the more we find. And right now, the need exceeds the ability. That's where we are. The need exceeds the ability. And so, here's the question. Are we going to have the attitude of the priest and the Levite when they saw the man that had been beaten by thieves and robbed? Are we going to have the attitude of the priest and Levite and say, well, you know, I, I don't know, I just got busy. We're going to have the attitude of the priests and Levites and say, man, you know, if it just wasn't on this day, I could probably get involved, but I just can't get involved. Or are we going to have the attitude of the Good Samaritan? Now, here's what the Good Samaritan said. He got down off of his own beast. But the first thing he did, and I think this is the key. I read this again this morning because I just wanted to make sure I was right. The first thing he did was he looked on him with compassion. And see, there's the deal breaker. Some people, even church people, have no compassion. They have no compassion. They have no compassion. They're worried about me and mine and what I can do and what don't, don't, don't worry about this. Don't interrupt this world right here. Amen. Now, if you was preaching with me a while ago, stay preaching with me now because it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, if you got a, a chicken in a pen... I don't know, I'm not an authority on a lot of things. I can talk to you a little bit about chickens, but <laughs> thank God. I got some qualifications behind my name. But if you got a wounded chicken, if you want it to survive, you better get it out of the pen with the other chickens. Because you heard of the pecking order, and it's really real. And they find somebody wounded, they just get on them and get on them and get on them. And you know what? The church is not about trying to beat up the wounded. The church is about letting the wounded come in and heal. There ought to be blood on the carpet. There ought to be blood spattered on the wall. There ought to be imperfect lives here. There ought to be imperfect families here. Where in God's name are they going to go if we're going to keep them out of the church? This is not a museum. This is not a museum. 
Amen, this is an emergency room. If you're hurt, come to church. If you're down and out, come to church. Amen, if you're spiritually wounded, come to church. Don't stay home. That's what the devil wants you to do. Amen, amen. So what we gotta have as a church, we need to have compassion. Compassion for the hurting. Compassion for the sick. Compassion for the wounded. Compassion, compassion. But if we're not careful, we'll be like Job's friends. We'll wonder, well, I wonder what you did to get the flu. God must have cursed you, must not, have, must not have been doing right, must not have been living right, must not have been doing this. You know, that sounds like the devil when you kneel down and pray, don't it? You kneel down and pray, good morning, Jesus. I just wanted to talk to you. And all of a sudden, yang, 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 nag, 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 nag. Accuse, 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 accuse. I say, oh God, help us today. Help us today that we will have compassion, compassion. When somebody's sick, they don't need another problem. They need somebody to encourage them and strengthen than them. They need a good word. They need a good word. Hallelujah. We tried to we tried to talk to people that we have that go into the hospital to visit people. Be an encourager. Don't go in there and talk about your aunt that died of the same thing. Even if they had an aunt that died from the same thing. Talk about that another day. I mean that's not that's not the time. Don't stand on the oxygen hose. I mean just you be cognizant of what I don't know. The whole time I was there, they was really sleepy. They were really sleepy. You were standing on the hose. You're standing on the hose. Beware. Be aware. Be an encourager. We ought to have a smile on our face. Amen. The good Samaritan, he looked down with compassion. He looked down with compassion. And then the Bible says that he took his own oil and his own wine and poured it into the wound and started dressing. He didn't stand there and say, man, if I had some wine. I had some, if I just had some, if somebody would just, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the leaders in our church. We do everything we can do to help. But you know, I know one thing. This is one thing I figured out about leadership. You, it costs money to be in leadership. Amen. It costs literal money, literal money, gas and expenses and time. And, and I'm thankful for our leaders. We try to help us all, all that we can, all that we're aware of. But I know. I've got enough sense to know that there are some times they're pulling some of their own wine, some of their own oil into the wounds. And then the Bible said he loaded him onto his own beast. So that meant that this guy rode while he walked. Then he spent the remainder of the day with him when he took him to the inn, paid as much for it as he possibly had on him at the time and said, if this is not sufficient when I return, I'll repay you. Amen. So I'm challenging you this morning. Anybody can play the part of the priest and the Levite and walk right on by. I don't know of one person that doesn't have a plate full that I'm preaching to today or that will even hear this message in, in the future. But as I've said so many, many times, we need God to change our mind. Give me a different way of thinking. Give me a different way of looking. And then I need to allow him to do that. So this is what it all comes down to this morning. Let's allow God to direct our path in 2014. And may God lead you to participate in something this year that is beyond what you feel like you may have the natural ability to do. That's where our faith comes in. But God can and will take full control of our lives. Our ushers are preparing. I'm going to ask you to stand. And this morning you were... Uh,
our, our hostess staff had uh, pledge cards that we're giving you and, and uh, these are ever how you want to use that one for family or ever how you want to do that. That's all your business and none of mine. But I hope you prayed about what God would have you do as a family and what we can do in 2014. Amen. We're going to ask the Lord to bless the efforts. You know, early on when we started this, I was asking people to call me, and I haven't said this in a little while, or text me or email me with blessings that you feel like God is just was a direct result of what you had given. And, and we, I was just overwhelmed, overwhelmed with messages of 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 where God had just graciously intervened. You know why? Because he said, prove me, try me, see. That's what the Lord said. I'm going to ask our musicians to come if they will. And as they're coming, our ushers are going to pass by. And when they do, if you haven't received a card already, if you, you they have extra ones in their hands to give you. But I would ask you to prayerfully consider what you can do. And we're going to ask the Lord to touch these efforts. Now, you know what? Brother Rayleigh mentioned this the other day. So I'm going to borrow this if I can. But you know, there's something about putting it in the master's hand that makes all the difference in the world. Now, I'm not trying to insult any of you Bible theologians with a very common story. But the scripture says that when the little boy came with the fishes and the loaves, that they handed it to Jesus. And Jesus broke the bread and the fish. And there was something about it just being in the hands of Jesus. Amen. That's where the blessing came. That's where the miracle came. And so there's something about supporting the church. That's where the miracle comes in. Because it has nothing to do with 503 Southeast Cephas Liston Road. It has everything to do with obedience to this. Obedience to this. And so we just put it in the master's hand. And the lad, nowhere can we find him saying now, Hey, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. But he just put it in the master's hand. And in the master's hand, the miracle took place. And so today, as you make a commitment of what you can do weekly or monthly, I want you to know that we're going to be diligent about that. We're going to be cautious about that. We're going to be careful with that. Amen. Because we've got to give an account for that as well. But we want to bless not only this church but we want to reach as far as we can around the world. You know, I say this very, very humbly. And I'm, I'm hesitant to say it, but I do say it humbly. That here we are, a church geographically in the middle of nowhere. But men from this church women from this church are known all across our fellowship and around the world. And that happened by men going to build buildings and work. That happened because for years now, young people have been going on youth on missions. And they've been themselves getting on planes and they've been going halfway across the world. For 10 days to work alongside other missionaries. Brother Bob Gibson, we didn't have opportunities like that. I, I'm, I, I'm, 
I'm not trying to relive the past, but I'm just telling you, we didn't have an opportunity to do something like that. They stand on the streets of foreign cities and they hand out tracts and they are in churches and many times don't even understand the language. But they're exposed. And who would have thought, who would have ever thought, what difference can we make out here in the middle of nowhere? I'll tell you what difference we can make. We can just do what we can and let God open the door. I can say this because I'm not talking about me now at all. But I'm going to tell you that the building programs that are going on, certainly in the country of Guatemala, these men and these teams are largely depending on men from Hatch Bend Apostolic Church. I'm stopped constantly at district functions. And sometimes pastors that I'm not even that well acquainted with, Brother Jerry say, I just want to thank y'all. Thank you for the men from y'all's church that come and help us in these efforts. You know why? Because they're not men just trying to hold one end of a two before, but they're men who know how to get over there and get the job done. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. I feel the sweet presence of the Lord now. I feel God, I feel God honoring what I've asked him to do today. And that is just sweep into this house and touch our hearts. Amen. You know what? There's a lot of joking that goes on at offerings and time to give and I myself have been equally as guilty. We've talked about Malachi talking about tithes and it getting silent for 400 years and all those kind of things. But you know what? When we give, this is just as much a part of worship as anything we could possibly do, as any song that's been sang, as any, any song that's been played, any word that's been uttered. We're worshiping him. We're worshiping him. And so I'm asking you today to give from the kindness of your heart. Amen. It is in this atmosphere. Hear me now. It's in this atmosphere right here that we've been able to do what we've been able to do. I'm not a pastor that gets in the pulpit and beats you over the head and talks about it day in and day out. I'm just presenting the need. I hope you've got enough Holy Ghost to respond to that need. And so I, myself, Sister Boyd and I, we're not asking you to do one thing, not one thing that we don't participate in. I'll promise you that, not one thing. And so as families, we're asking you to give and do what you can. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord. Amen, let's pray, and then our ushers are gonna come. God, I'm asking you today to anoint the efforts of this congregation. We know the old song says little is much if God is in it. And so today I'm asking you right now to help our little become much. And I pray that you'll anoint us, Lord, that we'll be sensitive to your will and your way. Help us to give sacrificially. Lord, help us to give not just of the overflow, but I pray, Lord, that we'll give and be used of you. There's gonna be young people receive the Holy Ghost this year. They're gonna be able to do that, God, because we've got, we've got services we can attend, youth camps we can go to. We've got a campground that we can drive to. We've got young people that'll be touched this year, God, because they're gonna participate in youth on missions. We've got, we've got men and women that'll be encouraged all throughout this year because we've had the privilege of the body of Christ. And I'm asking you to help us today. I'm asking you to help us today in Jesus' name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. 
We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.